Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Today's Torah reading makes for some interesting, interesting stuff. Um, it seems, on the surface, to be just a discussion of our journeys through the desert and the interactions that we had. But in actuality, there's something much deeper going on over here. Torah tells us, Moshe Rabbein is speaking to the Jewish people, and he says that Hashem told me, well, you've been here at this mountain long enough, go north, which uh, pretty much means go northeast, because that was, as he says in the next verse, tell the nation, you're about to go through the boundaries of Esav, be very, very careful, because the boundaries of Esav have not been given to you. Rashi says... Rashi says, be very careful. This verse or the verse before? Just one second. No? Okay, the Rashi's coming later. The next verse says, Altas Garubam, do not anger them, do not make trouble with them. I'm not going to give you any of the land. Even to be able to set foot in it. Why? Because Mount Seir I gave away as an inheritance to the children of Esav. Here comes interesting Rashi number one. Rashi says, Ad midrach kaf ragel. It's an interesting expression. Not even, not even to set foot there. I'm not get, don't go into that land, not even to set foot there. So Rashi says, because it doesn't, till midrach kaf rachel, afilu midrach kaf ragel, even to set foot. Kloimar, that is to say, afilu drisa seregel enim ha'ashlochem, not even give you permission to use their roads to pass through. Hashem is saying, laver ba'artzim shloi b'rishus, to travel through their land, unless you first ask them permission. A lot of countries have public roads, right? Hashem is telling them you can't even go through their public roads without asking them permission first. That's the simple understanding of the verse. But Rashi is not satisfied with this explanation. And Rashi adds another half to to the Rashi, which again, once again, every so often I come across a Rashi and the Parsha, and I say to myself, I've been studying Chumash and Rashi, for Baruch Hashem, about 50 years. And I often come across the Rashi and I go, whoa, where did that come from? I don't remember ever seeing this before. Umedr Shagada, Rashi says this explanation, the simple understanding of the verse, I'm, I'm not satisfied with. So therefore I'm also bringing in a Medrash. What does the Medrash say? What does it mean? Ad Midrach Kafragel. Because the word ad is a little bit odd in its conjugation here. So the simple understanding he said is including even. Because ad normally means until. So if you were going to translate these words literally, you would read, I gave, I've not given you any of their land until the passage of feet. That would be the literal translation. That's why Rashi has a problem with it. So Rashi has to say it means including even not to go through their land. That's a simple understanding. 
But Rashi's not satisfied with that because the word odd still seems odd. And so therefore he quotes a Medrash. He says, Medrash Agada says, odd until sheyavoy yoim drishas kafregel al harazesim. Until the time will come when you will be walking and marching onto Mount Olives. Shenemar v'amdu raglov. And his feet will stand. It's a reference to Mashiach. So what is Rashi saying here? That the Medrash says that Moshe Rabbeinu says that Hashem says to the Jewish people, conquering Esav will come hand in hand with the coming of Mashiach. And they are interactive. In other words, you won't conquer Esav till you, Mashiach comes. And you won't bring Mashiach until you conquer Esav. It goes both ways. It goes both ways. They're hand in hand. And so therefore now you can look at the rest of the next verse. <coughs> Instead, you will buy food from them with money. You will eat and you will buy your water from them and you will drink. And then the next verse, so in other words, what is that verse saying? You're going to have to be part of a Goyesha world, Esau's world, and you're going to have to do business and commerce, and you're going to have to interact with the world at large, and the purpose of why I'm setting you up to be able to interact with the world at large is in order to bring us back to Midrach Kafragel, the day when you will walk on Mount Zaysim, says Rashi, says the Torah, I'm sorry. What, what's the idea? Comes the next verse. Why, why is Hashem put us in this position where we now have to interact with the world? Because it doesn't seem to... The flow, again, Rashi's troubled by this flow as well. Because look at the flow. It says, don't start up with the children of Esau, okay? Because you're not going to get their land. Their land is Yerushal to Esau. Even, you can't even set foot there. Instead, any food you want from them, you're going to have to buy. Any water you want from them, you're going to have to buy. Why? Strange next verse. For Hashem, your God, blesses you in all of the work of your hands. He knows the journey that you've gone through. This great desert. <coughs> For the last 40 years, Hashem Al-Kachim, Hashem is with you. You've not been missing it. What? Are you having the same problem with the flow of the verses? How does that come next? And the message is a very, very simple one. You have the capacity to conquer Esav by becoming involved with them and dealing with them, and dealing with them honestly and changing the world to a world that's filled with integrity, morality, godliness, etc., etc. Why? Because Hashem is very blessing you, everything you do. Years ago, I was on a radio show here in L.A. called Which Way L.A.? A guy named Warren Old Olney or something like that. He's on NPR. And it was six faces of Judaism in Los Angeles. I was one of the six faces. NPR, there's no ad commercials. 
So each one of us was a 10-minute interview in the course of one hour. Anyway, he asks each one about what they do, what they're involved with, various organizations, blah, blah, blah. And the first one, he says to them at the end, I'm going to ask all six people the same question. So I want to hear your answer. Is your first reaction to every issue, is this good for the Jews? There's a famous line, is this good for the Jews? Is that your first reaction? So the first guy who was on, I don't even remember who it was, hemmed and hawed on that question. The second guy, who I know who it was, I'm not going to say his name, very prominent rabbi in this town, who is uh, very articulate, much more articulate, much more media savvy than I will ever be, smart, good, devoted, blah, 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 all compliments, but he also hemmed and hawed on that question. He hemmed and hawed on that question. I was third. Siesu, Chabad, Chabad in California, blah, blah, blah. At the end, he says, Rabbi, you already heard this question twice. Um, is your first reaction, is it good for the Jews? So I said, yes. And he, he leaves out of the 10 minutes like he expected everyone to give a, a long answer, right? So he left me a minute. I just said, yes. <laughs> Seems like stuck. Huh? He never, we had dead air. <clears throat> he said, you want to tell me why? You want to tell me why? I said, sure. First of all, the only reason you're talking to me is because I'm a leader in the Jewish community. If I'm a leader in the Jewish community, my first reaction has to be, what's good for my constituents? I'm not the mayor of Los Angeles. I'm a rabbi. And so therefore, I have to think what's best for me. That's the first thing. I said the second reason is, <laughs> you could look through the history of the world, and you will find that whenever it's good for the Jews, it's good for everybody. <coughs> he said, wow, that was the end of our interview. He went to the next guy, you know, and he hung up on me. <coughs> That's what the Torah is saying here. You want to bring Mashiach? <coughs> you have to remember that Hashem is blessing you in everything that you do. But you've gone through a desert and you've survived the desert. You've survived 2,000 years against all odds. And the whole world would have said that all of the great empires in history, all of the great cultures in history are all in museums today. And we, even though we've been attacked, genocided Rahman al-Islam multiple, multiple times in history, we're still here. Not only we're still here, we're thriving. Hashem, we've gone through the midbar of 40 years. Hashem continues to bless us. And that's what empowers us. Now tie the psukim backwards. Because Hashem has blessed us and given us all this energy, that therefore gives us the ability to, quote-unquote, buy into, purchase our bread and our water from Esau because we're changing them. We're not subservient to them. And that will lead to the day that we will walk on Harazesim and conquer even Esau and Seir with the coming of Mashiach. May it happen now. Amen. Amen.